Take a Bible's please and turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the wonderful privilege we have as believers to come and worship you, to know that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in the midst. We thank you, Father God, that you allow us through the Savior to be able to enter boldly into your presence with thanksgiving. We pray that, Lord, as we come to this part of the service whereby we take your precious book and turn to its pages, that, Father, you would today encourage us through your word, challenge us by it, and, Lord God, bless us by it. Pray that your spirit would take the word of God and apply it to each and every one of our hearts and lives this day. Guide our time, we pray, in your word, and pray that, Lord, you would give me wisdom from on high, that, Lord God, I might be used of you today to bring glory to your name, I pray, Father God, that you would be exalted in all that we do and all that we say. God, now our time we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you hear some people talk about God, you know that they don't know the God of the Bible. For the God that they talk about is a God that changes from day to day. And that is not the God of the Bible. What man has tried to do in our society is a humanized God. Man has tried to make God like us. And yet one of the great attributes of God is that he is immutable. And to say that God is immutable is to say that he's unchanging and he's unchangeable. He is perpetually the same yesterday, today and forever. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. And therefore what God has decreed from eternity is unalterable. God's eternal counsel and God's eternal decrees are immutable. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4 compares God with a rock which remains unmovable although the entire ocean surrounding the rock is continually fluctuating. The rock stands firm and that's our God. God is unmovable. God is unchanging. God is immutable. No matter what's changed around about in our world and our society, God does not change. He is immutable. Although all creatures are subject to change, God is immutable. There are many ways in which God is immutable. But this morning we're going to consider just three of them as found in James chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. First of all, I want you to note with me this morning that God is immutable in his character. He's immutable in his character. Verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You know, when it comes to the God that you and I worship, the God who rules this universe, the God who created all things, that God's character never has grown, has never improved. The God that was there in eternity past, the God that was there at the beginning of creation, is the God 
that exists today and he will do for eternity. He has never grown, he has never improved. His character cannot change. He cannot change for the better because he's already perfect. James chapter 1 and verse 17 puts it in terms of variableness. It says, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The word variableness there means susceptibility of change, an aptness to alter, changeableness, inconsistency, or to put it another way, fickleness. What James chapter 1 and verse 17 is telling us that God is not subject to change in any way. God is not apt to alter. What God was yesterday is what God is today. He's not apt to alter. He's not inconsistent. What God decreed years ago is still true today. What God decreed in the Old Testament is still true in the New Testament. What God decreed in the New Testament is still true today. God is not apt to change and God is not apt to be inconsistent. He's not fickle in any way. The thing, the one constant in this universe, the one thing that remains the same is God and therefore his word. But nothing else changes, nothing about him changes, nothing about his word changes. It remains consistent because God is immutable. When God is today, it will be tomorrow. Look in Hebrews chapter 1, if you would please. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 10. It says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall wax old as doth a garment. As a vesture shall thou fold up them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. You know, God is the same. He does not change. He remains the same throughout the ages. And being perfect, he can't change for the worse. Improvement and deterioration is impossible for him. And therefore, there is no shadow of turning with him. As it says there in James chapter 1, verse 17, he is, there is no variableness, and because God is constant, because God is immutable, there is no shadow of turning with him. He's perpetually the same. And even though we live in a world that is changing, and it's changing moment by moment, changing day by day, we live in a changing world, the wonderful truth that you and I as believers have is that God does not change. And think about it, you know, if God was to change one iota, then we would be in trouble, wouldn't we? If our God was not immutable, if our God was not consistent, if our God did not change, you and I would be in trouble. If God varied, if he willed one thing today and willed another thing tomorrow, then you and I could not trust him. How would we ever know what God required of us? How would we ever know what God was saying was true? How would we ever know that we could trust our God if God changed from day to day? And yet God is unchanging in his character. So we can trust him. We can rely upon him in every situation. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
St. Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. That's what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. It says, For all the promise of God in him are yea, and in him amen, under the glory of God by us. <laughs> Every promise of God is yea. It's true. And in him it's amen. It's absolute. When God makes a promise, when God makes a declaration, it is true. It never changes. We can always rely upon him. You know, we cannot always rely upon our friends. We cannot always rely upon others around us, but we can rely upon God. No matter how unstable and unsure we might be, no matter how fickle and changing our friends might prove to be, God does not change. He's forever the same. And this is illustrated for us in a phrase at the beginning of verse 17. Where it talks about the Father of lights. Look what it says in verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights. And it's with reference to the Father of lights that he says, With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so the, the key to understanding this variableness and shadow of turning is found in the phrase, Father of lights. Now, when you and I think of light, you and I can. Think of different kinds of light around us. You know, there's fluorescent light, there's incandescent light, there is all kinds of light around. Some lights are brighter than other lights. The brightest light that is known to man is, of course, the sun. That ball in the sky that you and I can't look at for fear of going blind. But that's the brightest light that we know. And it's in contrast to the sun, in contrast to this bright light, that James chapter 1 and verse 17 refers to God as the Father of lights. What it's saying is that God is the source, God is the fountain of all light. So consider all the lights that you and I know, and particularly consider the sun, and God is the fountain of that light. God is the source of that light. God's the creator of that light. The sun exists because God exists. And it says he's the father of lights, of this father of lights, that there is no variableness in him, neither is there shadow of turning. And the point is this, that the brightest light known to man, the sun, is subject to change. You know, there's periods of time where in, the, in the year, in the sun, where there are sunspots. There's times when the sun is hotter, when the sun is cooler, and so on. The sun is changing. But with God, the Father of lights, the source of all light, there is no change. The greatest light that we know has variableness. The greatest light that we know has a shadow of turning, but with God there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. He is immutable. The source of all light is constant. He never changes. One commentator said this, the design here is clearly to contrast God with the sun in a certain respect. As the source of light there is strong resemblance. In the sun, however, there are certain changes, but with God... He never changes. He never changes. All that he is today, he has ever been. 
and he ever will be. He's the same. There's never been a variation in him and there never will be any variation in him. He does not become something, nor does he lose anything. God is the same. Go with me to Psalm 102, please. Psalm 102. And verse 24, Psalm 102, verse 24. I said, O oh my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of all thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, and as vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same and thy years shall have no end. God doesn't change. God is not influenced by the passage of time. And that's shown in this phrase, near the shadow of turning. Think of a sundial. It's the imagery here. Think of a sundial. If you look at the sundial, as the sun moves, there is a change in the shadow. The shadow moves around the sundial. That's how... We tell the time of the sundial. The shadow moves as the sun moves in the sky. The shadow moves. There's a shadow of turning, the turning shadow. Because as the sun changes position, as the earth moves around the sun and changes position, so the shadow changes. But with God, the shadow never moves. There is no variableness. There is no turning. He never turns. He never moves. His shadow never moves an inch because God is unchanging. He's not influenced by the passage of time. If there's no variables with God. If there's no turning with God, then he never changes for the better or the worse. God is immutable in his character. Secondly, I want you to notice with me that God is immutable in his truth. Verse 18 of James chapter 1, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. We should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. He begat us with the word of truth. In James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 we read this, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. And when lust conceived it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. In James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we are told that one of God's immutable, one of God's unchanging truths is that lust brings forth sin and sin brings forth death. That's an absolute truth. It's unchanging. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and the consequence of their sin was that they died. First of all, died spiritually, but spiritually and then they were going to die physically. It's an unchanging truth that we find in this world that sin bringeth forth death. That's the end of sin. And the end of lust is sin. The end of sin is death. That's an unchanging truth. It's been so since the beginning of time and will continue to be so throughout time. Another one of the unchanging, one of the other immutable truths that's found here in this passage, is that 
If we're saved, then we have been born again with the word of truth. Of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. What's declared here in James chapter 1 and verse 18 is that God's truth is immutable. It's connected to verse 17. Okay? Every good and every perfect gift come down from, the, uh, from above and cometh from the Father of lights, in whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. God's word is immutable. God's word is reliable. We can trust God's truth. Just as sure as lust bringeth forth sin and sin bringeth forth death, just as sure as that's true, so too when we believe in the truth of God's word, it bringeth forth salvation. On the other hand, the words of men are subject to change and are often unreliable. How often do we hear political candidates assure themselves and assure the electorate that victory is guaranteed only to go down in defeat. How often do we hear uh, political candidates, even politicians, make promises that they never fulfill? Even in business, men's words are often not to be trusted. In fact, we've created a whole network of contracts and legal systems to force men to be true to their word. And even there, men still lie and deceive one another. Truth seems to mean nothing to some people. Even in a court of law, under our oath, people will not tell the truth. Man's word is often unreliable. Man's word is often unstable. Man's word is often unbelievable and not to be trusted. But that's not true of God. God's word stands forever. As God is immutable, as there is no variableness or shadow of turning with God, so too his word is equally immovable. It's immutable and it's unchanging. He will not change or amend his truth. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Everything else may fade, everything else will fade away, everything else will flee, but the word of God will stand forever. And because God's word is immutable, because God's word is unchangeable, because God's word stands forever, we can trust his word and we can trust his promises. We sang this morning, standing on his promises. We can stand upon the promises of God because the God who made those promises is immutable. Therefore, his promises are also immutable. What God promised 2,000 years ago is equally true today as it was when he made the promise. What God promised 4,000 years ago is equally true today as it was 4,000 years ago. Nothing has changed because God's not changed. And his word is unchanging. And James chapter 1 and verse 18 gives us one such promise of God. 
His promises are unchanging. One of his promises is that he will beget all those who trust in his word. He God says that we're saved with the word of truth. Now the word of truth here is a reference to the gospel. And this gospel is uh, the word of truth. It contains nothing but truth. And by the truth of the gospel, men and women are begotten, men and women are born again. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Ephesians 1.13, we read, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed the Holy Spirit of promise. We trusted after we heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of salvation. The word of truth is the gospel message. And everyone who hears the gospel message and believes its truth is Saved, is begotten, is born again. Here is the one of the great, good and perfect gifts of James 1.17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, of whom is no variable, see the shadow turning. Here is one of those good and perfect gifts of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. He begat us with the gospel. That's one of those perfect gifts. God said in Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And because God said that, and God is immutable in his truth, all who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. Romans 10.13 says, Whoso shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. These are promises of God. Everyone who believes the word of truth, everyone who believes the gospel, everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ as the gospel declares, shall be saved. That's one of the immutable truths of God, one of the precious gifts of God. If God broke one promise, no one could really place genuine faith in him because then we would not know if he would keep his promise to us or if he would do it again and break his promise. One commentator illustrated it this way. He said, suppose God, having made that promise, that promise is whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Suppose God, having made that promise, had a lowly sinner come to him for salvation, and he said to him, no, I'm not going to save you. You have lived all your life in sin, and now here you are on your deathbed wanting me to save you. The man then says, but you promised whosoever would call on you, you would save him. And that whosoever means me. Then suppose God would say, I know I said that, but I am going to have to break that promise when it comes to you. Without hope, if that were the case. If God did not keep his promise, if God was not immutable in his truth, you and I would be in trouble. You see, our God is immutable. And because he is immutable in his character, he has to be also immutable in his truth. That's why the word of God can declare that the grass 
withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall endure forever. So the wonderful news is that since God is immutable, his truth is also unchanging. His word, his promises will never fade away. Every promise in the word of God is as good today as when it was first placed in the canon of scripture. Go back to Hebrews 6, 17, please. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17. It says, wherein God... Now let's go back to verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater... An oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. But two immutable things in which it is impossible God to lie. We cannot have a strong, we can have, might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. It says here, to show, uh, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. God's truth is immutable. God's promises are immutable. God's word is unchanging. And because God's truth is immutable, there is nothing we can say or do that will change what God has declared. You know, you and I cannot twist the arm of God to change his mind. You see, it's equally as important that you and I understand that God's promises are absolute, and God's word is immutable, and that you and I can accept and trust every word of God. We need to understand also, that means that if God's word is unchanging, you and I can never change God's word. We can't twist God's arm. Now, mankind has tried to change God's truth. Teaching that we can work our own way to heaven. That it makes no difference how you get there. All that matters is you get there, and you can get there by many roads. They all lead to heaven. Yet God's word says that there's only one way. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by me. And yet mankind would love us to think that there are multiple ways to heaven. doesn't matter which God you come to heaven by, just as so long as you believe in a God. And God's word is absolute. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. He is the Savior. He's the one who went to Calvary. As we saw this morning, the Lord's table, he's the one who went to Calvary. He's the one who shed his blood. He's the one who died. He's stood as our substitute upon Calvary so that we might be saved. That's absolute truth. And we can't change that. No matter how much mankind would like to change that truth, it cannot be changed. Mankind has tried to do to God what many children try to do to their parents. You know, the parents decree a certain thing to be true and Absolute, but then the children think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to change my parents' mind. I'm going to twist their arm and I'm going to have them change their edict. Sometimes after all the pouting and all the fussing and all the complaining, a parent will throw in the towel and say, all right, go ahead and do as you please. 
But you know, that does not how it works with God. It doesn't matter how much we pout. It doesn't matter how much we plead. It doesn't matter how much we complain. It doesn't matter how much we fuss. God does not change. His word does not change. We cannot change his truth. And his truth is absolute. Psalm 33, 11 says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Psalm 119, says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God is immutable in his character. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's immutable in his truth, the gospel of salvation. God is immutable in his purposes. Again in James chapter 1 verse 18, it says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You know, this is closely related to God's immutability and his truth. From James chapter 1 and verse 18, James tells us that the immutable word reveals to us that God's immutable purpose is to bring salvation to mankind. So that those who are saved might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You see, James understood that the gift of salvation was given by God. And it was not earned by the works of men. It was not earned by the obedience of men. Salvation is a free gift of God given unto mankind who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in his finished work on Calvary, acknowledging themselves to be sinners before a holy God and coming to God and asking the Lord to save them. And whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's God's truth. And James understood that. The salvation was a gift of God. It didn't come about by works. Salvation was a decree of God. It was his divine purpose. Notice what it says here. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Of his own will. That is, he chose to save sinners like you and me. God in eternity past made a decision that he would save sinners and that he would send his son to die in our place so that you and I might be saved, so that you and I might have our sins forgiven, so that you and I might be reconciled to God. It was of his own will. The word of his own will means of his own good pleasure. This is what God was pleased to do. God was pleased to send his son to die for you and I so that we might be saved. Of his own will begat he us. Now that phrase, begat he us, is a once for all accomplished act. In other words, Jesus Christ died once for all. He died that he might beget us, so that he might, you and I might be born again. He died that you and I might be saved. And when you and I are saved, we're saved once for all. We never need to get saved again. We have eternal security. It's a once-for-all act. He died once, we get saved once, and we're saved for eternity because we believe in an immutable God who keeps his word and his promises. 
And he accomplished this once for all act of salvation with the word of truth. You said that's the gospel. So as people believe the gospel, that which he desires, that which is of his own good pleasure, takes place. He begets us. He saves us. We're born again. Because this was God's divine pleasure. This was God's purpose, his immutable purpose for mankind. God purposed, God decreed in eternity past that he would of his own will save those who come by faith in Jesus Christ. God in eternity past willed that all who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That's an absolute decree of God. It does not change. His purposes never change. And because of that, because his purpose, because of this truth never changes, we can trust him to save all who will accept the word of truth, the gospel message. That's why you and I can share the gospel message. We can say to people, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved because we have an immutable God who delivers immutable truth and he has an immutable purpose that he would save all who will believe in Jesus Christ, all who accept the gospel, the word of truth. He will save because he declared that in eternity past. Our immutable God made an immutable promise to save all who will believe in Jesus Christ. And we can count on him doing that. That's why everyone here is saved here today. When you and I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happened? We were saved. We didn't have to wonder whether or not it had taken place, wonder whether or not God had been true to his word. God is immutable. And when you and I place our faith and trust in Christ, as promised in his word, we were saved. James 1.18 also tells us God's purpose for those he saved. See, God not only had a purpose in eternity past to save all who would believe in Christ, that he decreed in eternity past that Christ would be the sacrifice for our sins, providing the gospel message, so that you and I could be saved, but he also told us what his desire was for all of us who are saved. What does he want for us? Well, verse 18, of his own will began he us with the word of truth, and this is what happens to those who got saved, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God purposed that all who got saved would also be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And Jewish believers reading James chapter 1 would have understood the concept of first fruits. Because you see, the Jews were to bring the first portion of their crops every year to God as a thanksgiving offering. So the very first harvest, the very first paddock that uh, grew up and was ready for harvesting, that paddock was to be given to the Lord. That was the first fruits. Or if it was a uh, if it was an orchard, the first fruits of the orchard, the very first tree to blossom, uh, to produce fruit, that fruit was to be given to the Lord. And that giving of the first fruits was a pledge or a down payment to indicate that everything belonged to God. So everything in that 
paddock, everything in the, uh, on the farm, everything in that orchard, everything that grew belonged to the Lord. They gave a portion to him, the first fruits, but it, that signified that indeed everything they had was the Lord's. And they had it because God had given it to them. One commentator said this, that is that we should be God's portion and treasure, his peculiar property, as the first fruits were, and that we should become holy to the Lord, as the first fruits were consecrated to him. See, everyone who's saved, we are first fruits. Everyone who's saved, we are his. We belong to the Lord. We belong to him. We are his precious possession. God's purpose has not changed. He still saves sinners by faith in Jesus Christ. And his purpose for you and I who are saved has not changed. We belong to him. We are bought with a price. We're not our own. And therefore we're to glorify God in our body and our spirit which are his. We belong to him. And therefore you and I, like the Jews, were to give their first fruits unto the Lord. You and I are to give ourselves unto him. We're to be consecrated to God for his glory. Because the reason why he saved us was that you and I would indeed be a kind of first fruits. That you and I would be a thanksgiving offering unto the Lord. That you and I would live for him, be consecrated to him for the rest of our days in thanksgiving for what God had done for us in saving us by the word of truth. You know, we all face change as a constant part of life. So we need, so what we need is someone to hold on to and never changes. And that is God. He's immutable. I like what Spurgeon had to say about this. He said, would you lose your worries and fears this day? then you must immerse yourself in the immensity of God. He never changes. He being and nature, his being and nature and perfections can't be altered. Nothing can be added to the infinite God and nothing can be taken from him. What God is today, he always was. What God is today, he shall always be. He is all wise. He need not change. He is perfect. He cannot change. And because God is immutable, because we have an unchanging God in a changing world, we can trust him daily with our lives. Though men may change, God does not change and never will. For he is immutable. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you today that you are immutable, that you never change. And because you never change in your character, you never change in your truth, your word is absolute. And because, Father God, your word is absolute, your purpose never changes. You still want to save sinners. And every sinner who by faith believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And you still want us to be a kind of first fruits, a thanksgiving offering for you day by day. Lord, help us never forget that you are immutable and praise you as our unchanging, immutable God.
Let's know as we close in Jesus' name. Amen.